Professor Catherine Bernard, an EU law expert with the UK in a changing Europe. Professor, good morning and thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. So there's an awful lot of, of, of shock, horror, expletives being thrown in many directions, unprecedented, shocking, extraordinary. Um, why is it so shocking and why, why are so many people getting so hot under the collar about it all? It's shocking because essentially the Prime Minister has been told in no uncertain terms that over his prime tactical approach, i.e. proroguing or suspending Parliament, he acted unlawfully and that is a damning indictment of a Prime Minister. Is it shocking as far as the courts telling him that? No, not really because uh, the judgment is very carefully rooted in principle and the principles of our Constitution and they go back hundreds of years to show just what our Constitution has required but because we don't have a written Constitution it's not so transparent as it is in the US where they do have a written Constitution so what did he do that was illegal? Because proroguing Parliament, Prime Ministers are allowed to do, but he said it was because of the Queen's speech and they didn't agree. Well, actually, the, the, the judgment's quite clever on that point because they didn't really look at his motives, i.e. why he was doing it. They looked at the effect of what he had done and they focused on the consequences of the five-week uh, period of prorogation. And they said, look, during that, that five weeks, the Parliament has had no opportunity to scrutinise, for example, what preparations the government have put in place for um, a no-deal Brexit. Do you remember the doc document um, operation? Yellow Hammer. That was the well. Initially, it was leaked, and then it was published by the government to say um, these things might happen if there is a No Deal Brexit. Parliament hasn't had a chance to say to the government, right? If that's the case, what are you doing about it? Nor has um, Parliament had a chance to scrutinise the Prime Minister for the last couple of weeks about what he's doing in respect of negotiations with Brussels. And that's what the court focused on, not what he did and didn't say to the Queen. And yet, the Telegraph is full this morning of the question who. Who then runs the country? The Daily Mail also asking the same thing. Is it then the courts that run the country? The Prime Minister saying, you know, that's a, uh, that's a situation that nobody wants to have the courts in charge of the government. Yeah, I think some people, certainly that's what they would say. I think from a legal perspective, I would say what the courts are doing is to say, you, the executive, haven't got the right um, to do what you want when you want. Uh, you've got to be accountable to Parliament. And that's what we, the courts, are doing. We're kicking the ball back into Parliament's court and saying, look, it's up to Parliament to scrutinise the executive. And that's what we're essentially saying in our judgment. What now? Because, of course, there are calls everywhere for Boris Johnson to resign, the idea being that he's broken the law and it's an embarrassment and a disgrace and therefore you don't get to carry on being Prime Minister. Uh, some people thinking if he lied to the Queen, she ought to send him off to the Tower of London. But it doesn't look <laughs> as if really, does it? Either of those things is going to happen. I think that's right. And I think what we're also learning about our constitution, and we saw that, if you remember, um, with Theresa May, just how difficult it is to displace a sitting Prime Minister. Once he or she has got um, their feet under the table at number 10, it's very, very difficult to remove them. Now, in normal times, for a Prime Minister to have been so criticised by the highest court in the land, normal times, the Prime Minister probably would resign. But if he or she decides they're not going to go, apart from um, sending the beef eaters in, it's going to be very difficult. So we've both alluded to the Tower of London, of course, but we can, we, we're not allowed to do, are we, is, is start impeachment proceedings as is going on across the pond. 
No, and this is, again, highlights the difference between the US Constitution, where it's a written constitution, and our much more flexible constitution, which has been given uh, illumination to via the um, decision of the Supreme Court yesterday. And, and Laura Quinsberg's verdict, we are where we were, would you concur? Pretty much, because contra- although there's quite a lot of people out there saying, oh, this is an attempt to stop Brexit. In fact, it's, a, it's almost a footnote, a very important footnote, a footnote, because the the the, the the fundamentals are still the same, namely that uh, on the 31st of October we mm-hmm. shall be leaving without a deal unless the EU27 agree to a, um, a deal before that or unless there is an extension um, of the um, period in which the deal can be negotiated. Now, of course, we've got the Ben Burt Act. You remember that's the act that requires Boris Johnson to ask for an extension if there is no deal. Mm. Um, but, of course, that's it takes two to tango. And even if we ask, we still depend on the EU27 to agree. It probably will, but it's not absolutely um, obvious that they Thank will do so. Thank you very much indeed for talking to us. It takes a professor to say it may be a footnote, but it's an important footnote. Professor Catherine Bernard, there, the EU law expert.